Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good morning and welcome to the General Motors Company third quarter 2023 earnings conference call. During the open remarks, all participants will be in a listen-only mode. I would now like to turn the conference over to Ashish Kohli. GM's Vice President of Investor Relations. Thanks, Amanda, and good morning, everybody. On today's call, management will make forward-looking statements about our expectations. These statements are subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause our actual results to differ materially. These risks and uncertainties include the factors identified in our filings with the SEC. Please review the Safe Harbor Statement on the first page of our presentation as the content of our call will be governed by this language. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And as you could probably tell by our uh, our introduction there, we are going to cover GM's Q3 2023 earnings call. I have been saying Q3 2022 earnings call for some reason, and I finally got it right. So I'm very proud of myself. Just wanted to let everybody know that. All right, so this earnings call like most earnings calls had a theme to it. I cut out I cut out a lot of stuff because it just seemed like they they just repeated themselves and um honestly my my overall feeling about this earnings call is that things aren't going well for GM in the EV realm and they are messaging uh, to make it seem like things are still on track and doing fine, but they've got some issues. Now, I, I realize that I am probably wrong because I am not a, a an, an analyst. I do not know anything about business, especially when it you know when the business is the size of General Motors. But to me, and my take on this earnings call was that. Uh, they're having some problems getting their EV ramp up and going because of a lot of different reasons, mostly like cell production, and they're still having some component issues. And so they're slowing EV, um, they're slowing down their, their EV roadmap a little bit. And they'll, they'll talk about that in, in the earnings call, but that's, you know, spoiler alert. That's that they talked about that a lot. GM is still very, uh, bullish, on electric vehicles, they 
still think that um, electric vehicles are their future. However, they're being a little bit more cautious. And over the last couple of earnings calls, we've actually heard them become more and more cautious. And why they're cautious is a little bit of that has to do with, they say, consumer demand is is slowing. And maybe that's true. You know, we have lots of things going on in the world right now. Maybe people don't feel comfortable taking out a loan on a vehicle that's, you know, between, let's say, 45 and, you know, $90,000 for an EV. EVs are not cheap. But honestly, before I expose what an idiot I am, uh, be, especially with those folks who actually understand how business works, let's go ahead and jump into Mary Barra's opening remarks. Now, I will let you know that this was not like an hour and seven minute earnings call. I have roughly 13 minutes in clips, maybe 14 minutes in clips total that I pulled from it. So it's heavily edited. Uh, I didn't think it was important to know about their ICE business. They did talk a little bit about Chevy Cruze or the GM Cruze. They didn't talk a lot about it. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into Mary's opening remarks, which again, heavily edited. We're taking immediate steps to enhance the profitability of our EV portfolio and adjust to slowing near-term growth. These steps include moderating the pace of our EV acceleration in 2024 and 2025 to maintain strong pricing. The new launch timing at Orient Assembly also enables us to make engineering and other changes that will make the trucks more efficient and less expensive to produce and therefore more profitable. Our commitment to an all EV future is as strong as ever, and we continue to plan to have annual EV capacity of 1 million units in North America as we exit 2025. This will allow us to participate in the EV market upside, but we are also scaling in a way that's consistent with the operating discipline I mentioned. Over the course of 2023, our battery cell manufacturing joint venture in Ohio has made tremendous progress. The plant will be running at full capacity next month as planned, and they are targeting the production of 36 million cells this year. Next year, production in Ohio is expected to rise to 100 million cells. At the same time, our battery module constraint is getting better, which helps us more, or helped us more than double the Ultium platform production in the third quarter compared to the second quarter. And we are now in the process of installing and testing our high-capacity module assembly lines, which will continue into the first part of next year. We are currently challenged getting some of the critical equipment components, but we have a dedicated team working with our suppliers to resolve all issues and get these lines running at rates. By mid-year, we expect that modules will no longer be a constraint and we will be focused on building to customer demand rather than setting new production targets. Software is another critical piece of the strategy and Mike Abbott and his team are actively engaged in the uh, early assessment and in each of these launches. Since he joined our team this summer, Mike has been moving aggressively to build a world-class software organization to fully execute our software-defined vehicle strategy while accelerating our vision. We now have executives with experience from Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Uber, and other leading tech companies heading up our human interface design group, our product software and services group, our software engineering, and our software strategy group. The team is optimizing the software strategy and fine-tuning the plans for our new vehicles to help make sure we execute with the highest possible quality and customer experience while positioning the company to drive significant revenue growth from subscriptions in the future. 
Give the team time to do this. We'll move out the launches of three products, the Chevrolet Equinox EV, the Silverado uh, EV RFT, and the GMC Sierra EV Denali, each by only a few months. This will ensure their success. We believe our products will succeed and the costs are coming out quickly. For example, our cost per sale has already decreased 45% over the last 12 months as production volume in Ohio has ramped up. We also expect to achieve significant margin improvement on our battery electric trucks through engineering efficiency and improvements, uh, supplier costs, and reducing order complexity, buildable combinations, and manufacturing complexity. Another key launch for us is the next generation Chevrolet Bolt EV. I know there has been some speculation in the market as to why we are developing a new Bolt EV. Our strategy to build is to build on the tremendous equity we have in the brand and to do it as efficiently as possible. Our prior portfolio plans included several newly designed vehicles in the entry-level segments and a capital commitment of $5 billion over the next several years. However, by leveraging the best attributes of today's Bolt EUV, as well as Altium, our latest software, and NACS, we will de- deliver an even better driving, charging, and ownership experience with a vehicle we know customers love. In the process, we are saving billions in capital and engineering expense, delivering a significantly cost-improved battery pack using purchased LFP cells. We're getting to market at least two years faster, and our unit costs will be substantially lower. This will be our first deployment in North America of LFP technology in the LTM platform. All right, let's unpack that uh, just a little bit here. She started off with saying that they were moderating the pace of EV acceleration, which to me, that phrasing sounds like they're slowing down EV production, like their their roadmap to EVs. They're they're slowing that down. Not a bad thing, but also a very um, intricate way of saying we're not going to move as fast as we said we were going to move on EVs, just so you know. Uh, maybe I'm reading that wrong. Let me know. far as battery cell production goes, it seems like that's coming along. The cost per cell is down 45%, which is great. What I would like to know, what my question would have been if I was an analyst on this earnings call is, how does that compare? How does their current price per cell compare to their competitors? Like 45% cost reduction is great, but it's it sounds great, I should say. It's not great when, you know, let's say, and I'm going to widely exaggerate here, it costs $45,000 for them to make one cell, and they just reduce that by 45%. So now they're, you know, at $24,000 instead of $45,000. Still not great. That's not a great number. Uh, I'd like to know how that compares to their competitors. Talked a little bit about Ultium in the earnings call, and I don't know if this made it into the um, to this, you know, to the clips that I I am providing or not. But I, I'll add it here. Ultium, you know, coming along nicely. Uh, GM did what I think was something very smart is Ultium is chemistry agnostic and form factor agnostic. You can put whatever chemistry in the Ultium platform and use whatever form factor that makes sense for the vehicle that you're building. So I think that is really good. One of the things that concerned me a little bit, and they didn't talk a whole lot about this, was revenue from subscriptions when they were talking about, when she was talking about the software part. I 
like that GM is deciding to uh, build their own software. And really, a lot of this is being built off of Google Auto. But I like that they're deciding to build their own software. Where I start to get concerned is what are they going to charge you for? Are they going to charge you for heated seats? Something that actually comes with the car when you buy it is is heated seats. Are they going to charge you to turn those on? I think that's a little bit ridiculous. And I think it's even more ridiculous if they charge you a subscription to turn that feature on. I'm not unreasonable when it comes to subscriptions. Like if they wanted to charge for uh, their Super Cruise feature, which is their autonomous driving efforts, I think that that's reasonable as long as they charge a reasonable amount for that. Uh, I don't think it needs to be $12,000. I think that's a little unreasonable. Um, if they want to charge for connectivity, I think that that's reasonable. If they want to build an app store and and let users buy apps and then charge the developers to be a part of the app store and take a cut of each purchase, I think that's reasonable. But if they do this and they do it in a way that makes consumers feel like they're taken advantage of, I think that's going to be a huge mistake. They talked a little bit about delays with Equinox, Silverado, and GMC Sierra Denali EVs. All of those products are going to be delayed. They said a few months. We'll see. I'm pretty sure the the Silverado RST was already supposed to be out. So by them saying they're going to delay it a few months, we're already delayed by quite a bit. But... I didn't go back and look to see what day that that vehicle was supposed to be out. And finally, we have the Chevy Bolt, which is GM's best-selling EV, hands down. When you compare all of the other EVs that GM builds to the Chevy Bolt, there is a small, teeny, tiny percentage of the overall EV sales that goes to every other GM EV. The Bolt is the bulk of their sales. And for her to say that, you know, why are we bringing this back? And a lot of people are asking. I wonder if people are asking because it makes a lot of sense to me. It's your only successful EV product to this point. Not to say that the Lyric and all the other Hummer isn't impressive, but the Chevy Bolt is hands down your most successful EV. Why would you get rid of it? That's what people should be asking is why, why would they even get rid of this? But we're going to hear a little bit more about that in our next clip. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Our first question comes from Rod Lash with Wolf Research. I was hoping um, you could provide a little bit more color on the slower demand growth for EVs. Uh, obviously, uh, GM is just getting started now with mass market Ultium products, still um, the fastest growing segment within the market. And uh, just at a high level, is this kind of an assessment of um, the premium that you think EV buyers are willing to pay? Are, are you less optimistic on the IRA becoming uh, a point of sale benefit next year? And just given the the investments that you're making, why wouldn't um, lower volume or pricing assumptions affect the 2025 EV earnings expectations? You know what I would say is, you know, the the observation about slowing EV demand growth is is something that everybody's been talking about. We've seen it in competitor uh, earnings profiles, et cetera. But you know, I want to be clear: we're we're not seeing that um, in our portfolio right now. Now, admittedly, that's in considerably lower volumes than some others that are out there. But um, we continue to see strong demand for our portfolio, and uh, we're making progress on increasing Ultium EV production with uh, Ultium products up 2x, 3q versus 2q. So uh, so we are scaling. But what we've seen here is an opportunity to, um, you know, slow some of that scaling down and take advantage of some of the learnings that we've seen through the engineering and manufacturing process in the early stages. And what it allows us to do is to build a stronger foundation before we scale aggressively upwards. Um, so that's really what we're seeing. I wouldn't chalk it up necessarily to price. Um, and, uh, you know, what uh, what we're seeing in our portfolio is our customers have been remarkably resilient. Uh, in the order book, um, uh, continuing to uh, keep their orders on the books. Hey, um, thanks, Paul. And this, secondly, um, obviously there's consequences to almost any change that affects the business. Um, at, at a high level, do you think that um, GM will need to make adjustments to uh, the company's product strategy to, to adjust for higher labor costs than some of your competitors? And, and can you clarify whether this $2 billion net fixed cost reduction kind of contemplates um, this, uh, a scenario for, for uh, UAW costs. Uh, hey, Rod, this is Mary. Um, yes, you know, we're committed to the $2 billion that we've talked about. And, uh, you know, we already have tremendous work underway to continue to take costs out of the business. So I don't really think this changes our product portfolio. As Paul said, uh, you know, as we get further into the transformation to EV, uh, it's it's a bit bumpy, uh, which is not unexpected. And so what we're moving to is is something that we can react much more uh, in a much more agile way to make sure that we um, are 
have the right vehicles, and, and I believe our portfolio that we have uh, that looks at the most important segments and make sure that we have the right entries. I mean, we're already seeing strong demand for entries. I mean, we have EVs that people actually want to buy. So I think there's a lot of uh, focus in the portfolio to have the right sales, but just to give ourselves more flexibility. And I think the Bolt EV versus the previous um, AEV that we had in the portfolio is a great example. Uh, we were able to get the Bolt EV more quickly. Uh, it, you know, as we've mentioned, it will... Uh, require a lot less capital deploy. And frankly, we're leveraging the strong customer enthusiasm that people have for the Bull EV. So it's decisions like that where we're still going to have the right portfolio, but uh, do it more effectively from a cost and timing perspective. Okay. So the Chevy Bolt, I can't remember if I said this or not, but uh, one of the things that Mary had said was that they were going to be buying the LFP battery cells for the Chevy Bolt. You know, they're, they're using the NACS adapter for the Chevy Bolt. It doesn't sound like the Chevy Bolt's going to be this brand new from the ground up uh, vehicle that GM is designing. Yes, they're probably not going to use LG for a lot of what they're doing. Yes, it'll be more GM products for, for the Chevy Bolt, which right now the Bolt is mostly at least the EV parts of it, LG made. But, you know, she uh, she said that the Bolt is a vehicle. She said it, it was that they had an EV that people actually want to buy. Well, that EV is the Chevy Bolt. And that current version of the Chevy Bolt is set to be discontinued in December. GM only sells handfuls, like a handful every quarter of their other EV products. Like I mentioned Lucid's terrible production numbers in Q3 2023 on the last show. If you take the Cadillac Lyric, it might not be too far off from what Lucid's production numbers are right now. It's not great. Uh, you know, Lucid, or excuse me, GM has other vehicles in their portfolio to help balance that out. Otherwise, they, they'd probably look a lot like a Lucid or a Rivian at this moment, but they have other products that they're selling. Mary mentioned several times in the call that GM will offer the right products at the right time, and they were not going to overbuild. I think that that is very smart. However, I don't think the right products are your super expensive, you know, uh, Lyric and your Hummer and, you know, whatever else you got planned that costs a lot of money. I think right now, the blazers out but that's still pretty close to fifty thousand dollars if it's not over fifty thousand you know um i don't i don't i just don't see a lot of people wanting on mass to buy those like people are buying the bolt ev all right let's go ahead and go into our next clip which is about the EV margins in 2025. Now, if you're saying, well, that doesn't sound interesting, it actually has some pretty interesting stuff in it. So let's go ahead and jump into that. Our next question comes from Mark Delaney with Goldman Sachs. Your line is open. Good morning. Thanks very much for taking the questions. Very much appreciate the plan to be flexible on the cadence of the EV ramp and the opportunity for GM to implement uh, some incremental cost reductions. Uh, but given that scale was one of the key inputs in EV profits, can you help us better, better understand if there is a certain minimum uh, amount of volume that you may need to be at in order to reach your low to mid-single-digit EV margin target in 2025? 
Yeah. Good morning, Mark. So, you know, what I would say is it's a little bit of a step function, right? So as uh, as we build a plant or transform a plant, you know, we, we've got to fill that up to maximize efficiency. So, you know, the decision to, to defer Orion is, is really an example of not not rushing to build that full infrastructure before we know that we can fill it up. So uh, ultimately, it leads to more of an efficient transition. So what I would say is, you know, we've got We've got good capacity at the um, uh, facilities that we've already transformed, and we're working to scale those um, to that capacity as quickly as we can. So it, it remains a big part of it, um, but you know I think you're going to see a little bit of step changes through the transformation as we bring uh, that incremental capacity online. But uh, that's part of our plans. It's all rolled into uh, the targets that we've outlined on our ability to uh, to hit the low to mid single digit margins on EVs in 2025, and then grow from there. So in this earnings call, they said that GM's decision to slow down EV rollout was not due to customer demand. Like they said that they still have, you know, on their order books, people are still holding their reservations. I'm, I didn't, I canceled my reservation, but people are still holding on to their reservations. Um, I am genuinely... I genuinely think this is either a supply chain thing, like whether it's a couple of components they can't get or like battery cell issues, that kind of thing, or it's a production thing they haven't figured out yet, which nobody's talking about. Or, and and this is, you know, I think somewhat plausible, not 100% plausible, but Tesla is cutting prices like a, a ridiculous amount and keeping the price of their vehicles low. When someone looks at, let's say, a Chevy Blazer that has mid 200 range, costs about forty-five dollars to $48,000. I can't remember exactly what it costs, but we'll say fifty, right? For about the same price, you can get a Model Y and you get more range. And I, I'm I'm curious. I have a theory in my head that Tesla is seeing the writing on the wall that these EV, these car companies are going to start flooding the market with EVs, and Tesla is going to have a harder time competing with them in the future. But right now, they have a few good EVs, not great EVs, but good EVs that people are are liking and enjoying but they, they're not quite where Tesla is in terms of maturity in the EV marketplace. And so someone buys a Tesla at this lower price. I don't know why I said price like that, at this lower price. And that locks that person into a Tesla for, let's say, three to five years. I keep my cars for at least 10 years as a general rule. But let's say three to five years, they're not going to go out and buy a Chevy, a Ford, a Rivian, because they're currently driving a Tesla until either the you know lease is done or their par- car payment is done and they go out and buy another car. However they do that, people, well, I can't say that. I wouldn't trade my car in when I still owed payments on it because they depreciate so fast. You might end up trading your car in and owing more money than what your car is worth. But I'm sure there are folks out there who do that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my thought. Is like Tesla's cutting prices right now because they can and they still have margin. They have double digit margin. You you heard GM talking about you know they're hoping to eke out single digit margins on their products. 
Tesla's got double digit margins. They're healthy and uh, they can make these price cuts. It's not going to be a big deal to their bottom line. And it kind of sucks as the sucks the oxygen out of the room a little bit for the other automakers. Uh, Not to say that other automakers would not be purchasing these vehicles or uh, other consumers won't be purchasing some of those vehicles that other automakers make. But I think it, if you're, if you don't hate Elon and you don't hate Tesla and you're looking for an EV, I think it's hard not to choose a Tesla, not impossible, just just hard when you compare all of the features that you get with the Tesla compared to the other companies out there. But that's not going to last forever. That we, we got maybe five or six years, and then everybody, I think, is going to be on a pretty even playing field. All right, let's jump into Mary Barra's closing remarks. Thanks, for everybody, for joining the call today. It's clear that we're dealing with a lot of near-term uncertainty, uh, and then also uh, the, I'll say, the, the transition that to EVs that will have ups and downs. But I hope it's equally clear that we're going to be acting uh, with purpose. We're going to remain agile, and we're making sure we have a system that has the ability to respond to where the market is. And our commitment is to deliver a strong and profitable ICE business, as well as a strong and profitable EV business for our future. In addition, I think if you look deeper into the organization that Mike Abbott has built from a software perspective, This is uh, really foundational for us to be able to capture additional revenue uh, with a uh, very different margin profile than some of the aspects of the vehicle um, and the business that we have today. And then finally, um, we see tremendous opportunity with with crews, and uh, we'll continue to work across not only this country, working with our regulators to make sure we can deploy crews safely. I know the UAW contract is, is you know, one of the biggest sources of uncertainty right now, but I want to remind you with what I said earlier, we will not agree to a contract that isn't responsible uh, for our employees and for our shareholders. We need to make sure we have a contract that is going to allow us to compete and win in what is a challenging market for EVs and also um, allows us to support uh, the business that we have with strong margins in our ICE business. When we do reach an agreement, we will schedule an event shortly thereafter to discuss the economics and our strategy for managing them. And as Paul said, we will host our next Investor Day in March to go even deeper into the ICE, EV, AV, and specifically our software plans. You know, when you look at our growth businesses, especially crews and software, we're at an inflection point right now, and we see tremendous upside opportunity and growth. And so we look forward to discussing um, each of them with you in more detail as we move forward. So make no mistake. Um, GM is very committed to an all-EV future. We're not changing any of our goals there. We're just trying to make sure the company is more agile and resilient so that we can be successful as we manage this transformation. So I want to thank you again for joining us. Thanks for your questions, and I hope everyone has a good day. I also hope everyone has a good day, and it sounds like we're going to learn a lot more at GM's Investor Day in March. All right, everybody, that is it for us today. If you would like to email me, you can. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter, at 918digital, uh, or X. I'm going to try and get out Ford's earnings call Wednesday night for you. I have a lot of stuff going on uh, today and tomorrow, but I'm going to try and get it out on Wednesday. All right, everybody, that is it for me. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you hopefully on Wednesday, but don't hold me to it. 
Thank you. That concludes the conference call for today. Thank you for joining. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.